The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, we're headed to the Emerald Isle to chat one of the finest examples of TV melodrama in recent memory, and I probably won't do a stereotypical Irish accent. But then again, I might. I'm Riggs. And I'm Eddie. And this is the Filmatics Podcast. Hey there, friends, and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. I'm here with Addy. How are you doing, brother? I am doing good. I'm excited for today. It's it's good. We've been talking about doing this one for ages, and you were like, watch normal people, you fuck. And I said, all right, I will then. You don't need to get so aggressive. Uh, and I did. And it is, as I said in the roundup, it's one of the best examples of, of a TV melodrama I've ever seen. Melodrama being a, 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 a story that is set in real world. So this is this is something that could actually happen. There's no orcs or gin or nymphs or anything like that in it, or superheroes or nothing. But it is a heightened version of of reality. But then again, it does play into very much the way that people deal with these kind of issues of love and loss and mental illness and um, you know growing up from you know a teenager to an adult and sex in particular and all the little potholes and pratfalls in between here and there um but it does it does heighten things um so we are going to talk about it it's gonna be lovely Addy's a bit of an expert so he's gonna he's gonna run the shit he's also been reading the book um of of of, of recent times um based on uh, sally rooney's is it sally rooney yes sally rooney just double checking that's her full name yeah just sally rooney sally rooney wrote a book yep you're holding it up right now in front of me so I can just check that really dope ass cover um and i don't know if the book's any good but addy's into it so we're going to chat that but before we do that what are we watching watching are you want to do it like that we'll do it like that we'll do okay right what are we watching that's we'll work on our timing but you know it's a a new segment so so what are we watching addy what are you watching sir oh no you go first because mine's a bit emotional week so you go first not much, actually. Um, uh, like I said last week, I was going back to the well, watching some older stuff. Um, I did restart. I'm, I'm, I'm big into John Bernthal at the moment because of this new uh, American Gigolo series. I'm really digging him. He's also got a podcast that I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, uh, it's called The Real Ones, where he just interviews different types of people, you know, people that he meets in his journey as an actor. Um, you know, there was some cops from Baltimore. There was um, Pink's, Pink's husband, um, whose name escapes me, but he's a, a, a motocross rider guy. Um, he spoke to uh, an ex-wrestler who's his wife's um, uncle-in-law and, you know, talking to at the episode I'm listening to at the moment, he's talking to these guys who go over and try and stop poaching in Africa just a really interesting discourse about topics that I normally wouldn't engage in because it's just not, it's not in my sphere. I normally listen to film-based podcasts. So that's been really good. But I started rewatching The Punisher, um, which is now on the Disney Plus um, and, 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 and streams in UHD, which is pretty cool, um, which is ultra high definition. And, um, and it's cool. And he's very good in it. There's just a lot of guff in between the really good John Bernthal scenes. Um, 
like the stuff with with Madani and 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 you know her working trying to just figure out who killed her partner in Afghanistan and then it was tied into what Frank was doing and then um, microchip comes in and all all the shit with his family like it's if you were to completely remove all the scenes that didn't have John Bernthal in it it'd be about one episode's worth of fucking stuff um like if you only had his scenes so that's a, that's a bit irritating but last night uh, me and my my sister-in-law um, watch Superman 3 with the Richard Pryors and the wonderful, wonderful, totally committed in that movie, even though he doesn't really need it because it's complete and ban- utter bananas nonsense film. Um, just so wonderful. Uh, watch that. And then uh, after that, uh, we watched the really great, um, is it Gavin? It's not Gavin Hood. Gavin someone or other. Um, he made a film called Warrior in 2011 with Joel Edgerton, Aussie Joel Edgerton. A whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop whooping my country there. There you go. That's a little bit of um, a little bit of country pride there for you. But uh, yeah, Joel Edgerton and uh, Tom Hardy and the wonderful Nick Nolte as two brothers who enter an MMA competition and end up fighting. And it's really a, a, a like again melodrama. It's really. Uh, amazing um, piece of acting work. It, it just happens to be surrounded by these really cool fights as well. Um, really great film um, shot in, in, in like six weeks or something. And then it took him a year to edit it. Frank Gorillo's in it as a trainer, like just a, it's, it's, it's absolutely chef's kiss. It's top, top, top 10 movies of all time. In my, my opinion, definitely top 10 fight movies. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Addy, what have you been doing? That's awesome. Man. Um, I haven't watched Punisher. Is that true? What, what you said? That if you if you take out all of John Bernthal scenes, it's just one there's a episode lot of stuff. Of shit. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, the, the the trouble with the Netflix shows, the Marvel shows, I think, was that they were manacled to this run of thirteen episodes. Um, the only one that didn't do that was Defenders. It was like eight or something, but there's a lot of padding there and, and and I understand that they're trying to show depth of character and bring more people in and inclusion is important too. Like, you know, the main character Madani is, you know, um, a woman of color and she's a great actress, but the story just doesn't, doesn't work for me. I don't know why maybe she doesn't have the right chemistry with people or I'm not really sure, but you know, and the stuff with microchips family is supposed to endear you to him, but it just, and then it make Frank makes some weird decisions about it around it. And it's, yeah, and he's he's really great. And the first episode is a good indicator of what it could have been, but then it, it sort of becomes this big conspiracy thing and he's not really doing any punishing stuff. He never really gets to that point. I mean, it's worth watching for him, but yeah, if you do, if you were to just take his scenes, it wouldn't be his 13-episode program, that's for sure. It wouldn't make any fucking sense either, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, would, I would recommend just going back and watching Daredevil Season 2 because... He's great in that, um, and he's and he's punishing the shit out of some people. It's awesome. Damn, I gotta start watching Daredevil. Do season two, just jump in. You know everything you need to know. Kingpin's in prison, um, and and uh, and um, Matt Murdock's got a suit, and then it's just a new adventure. And Punisher turns up and just starts murking all these dudes who have anything to do with his his family's his family's death. And ends up going to trial and stuff. Like it's the trial of the Punisher is awesome. Then he's in prison and shit, like taken on Kingpin, and it's some baller ass shit. <laughs> and it's a bit far, better paced, better paced than Punisher season one. I don't remember season two very well, but we'll see. 
Good to know. Enough of that rant. <laughs> There's no rant. Disney Plus, you'll fucking watch Punisher and you'll love it. Fuck off, Disney Plus. I don't want to see punishments. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, you can. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I've I've been watching House of the Dragon because it comes out every Monday. For Asian countries, it comes out every Monday because time works in different ways. It sure does. Just ask Barry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh shit! That reminds me. I uh, I watched the Flashpoint Paradox again. The animated. Yeah, the animated film. In so preparation good. of getting into the comic that you sent me. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and uh, after that, I went into normal people. Yeah, as you do. And this is this is how many times? Like you, I think you said eighteen last episode, but it can't actually. Yeah. Be how many do you think it is? No, it's actually eighteen. Oh, fuck answer, me. 18. Okay, that's that's a that's a hell of a commitment, sir. <laughs> I know. Are you also talking to the? You also talking to a motherfucker who's watched Avengers Endgame 199 times. So that's all right. I love you for that. That makes you my hero. <laughs> took me, took me commitment to it. Talk about finding some joy in something. You know, some people would do that, Addy. Some people would say, "What a wanker!" Or he can't actually like it that much. Or that's a lie or something. I know that's the truth because you're a genuine human being. But <laughs> some people would charge you for that and fuck them. Find the thing that you love and, 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 and get as much out of it, get as much juice out of that shit as you can. You know, the world can be a really fucking dodgy place sometimes and you got to find the joy where you find the joy. So you watch it. You should go and watch it at one more time. Make it 200 and fuck everybody. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting for something really special to happen. So I watch it the 200th time and that's it. Because if I watch it like 200 times, I'll clear the guy who made the world record of watching it. So... <laughs> You send him a really rude email. Like, fuck you. And then you have this back and forth war with the dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I watched Normal People. Yep. And then shit got insanely emotional. Mm. So I thought, hey, man, like, one of my favorite movies of all time is X Men Days of the Future Past. Why not watch that? Sure. So I watched that on Sunday night. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's just and funny then, considering, considering what we have in nerd news. Yes. It's just where it, it, it's it's even more strange. That's why I said it's been an emotional week. Because mm. of what comes next. So I watched it on Sunday night. And then a lot of shit happened. On Mondays, I wasn't free. And so Tuesday came around. And uh, I came back from uni. And I was like, and I've only watched Logan once. That was in theaters, and I don't remember watching it again and again because I do. I do that with a lot of movies. Same. And so I put on uh, Logan last night, mm-hmm. and I I put that on, and then I realized why I don't watch it a lot. Okay, not a fan. I got I got to the point where uh, X twenty three kills or like. Yeah, X-23 kills Charles Xavier. Yeah. Fucking spoilers for a movie <laughs> in 2017, but... Or whatever it was. That's, he's 2014, I think. No, it was way after that. It was 2017. Is it? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, 2017. 
East did five years. I, I don't care. No, it's fine. It's but okay. So you got to there, and then you thought, nah, this isn't for me. No, I got to there, and then I realized, oh fuck, this is why I don't watch it. This is why I don't rewatch it. And I was like, oh, it's going on, so I'm not going to stop it. That's like disrespecting X Men. And Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. Who? Well, actually, like, have you have you seen Mr. Holmes? That's a it's a standalone Sherlock Holmes film that's based on like Sherlock Holmes was like very, very old, played yes. by Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Yeah, about the bee it's, beekeeping. Yep. Yeah, it's it's strange how like those two actors took like such big characters and then made so it's a very different take that both of them took because like I hate seeing Charles Xavier like that in Logan, but it's also the best that we've got of Charles Xavier, if you don't count the uh, James James McAvoy uh, story like the lineup of those films, which those films are also amazing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially Days of Future Past, it's so well yeah. executed. And I, I watched Logan last night, and then today we woke up. And we'll have to get into nerd news to talk about it properly. But I, I rewatched Logan a couple of weeks ago when I got my was one of the first things I watched in 4K. And fuck off! It's a beautifully shot film, but yeah. it's bleak. You know, you you can't watch that and also have a piece of cake. You know, you yes, can't, you, you can't. can't watch that and have something enjoyable. But you've got to watch that and drink straight brown liquor and smoke a cigar or something like it. Just uh, it's not it's not a it's not a happy moment out of it for a different reason. You know. Yeah. But um. But yeah. Having said that, we should probably get into nerd news. There's only one story today because fuck everything yes. else. It's nerd news. So we all woke up this morning thinking it was going to be a normal day and I got a message from a good friend of mine, Grant Carter from The Carter Show, and uh, he said unto me, check this out. And it was a what I thought was an ad for Aviation Gin, but no, it turned out to be a, a, a um, well, I guess it's, it was almost a, a release video about Deadpool three, which they're currently shooting, like they're, they're they're shooting that film. He's in costume in this in this video. Everybody's seen the video we're talking about. I'm absolutely positive. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a release date announcement basically. But Addy, what did it also have in it? I can't, man. <laughs> you fucking teared up. At the end of the video. Uh, Hugh Jackman walks into frame, and Ryan Reynolds asks him if he wants to. He play Wolverine one more one last time, and he says, "Sure, Ryan." Cut to, and I was, and I will always love you by Whitney Houston. But the subtitles say, "I will always love Hugh." Coming hewn, and then the Deadpool logo comes down. Three claws come through, and it's a September twenty twenty four release date. Boom! Fucking the Hugh, the Jack Man is coming back as Wolverine one more time for for Deadpool three. This is this is huge. Uh, I'm surprised. We're all so surprised. Honestly, um, but you know, this is something that that fans have been asking for, you know, since they did the dodgy version of Deadpool and Wolverine X Men Origins or whatever it was called, and then, you know, Ryan Reynolds has been teasing it or trying to get Hugh Jackman to do it for ages. It's it's the MCU outing. They've got the multiverse open. It's the prime opportunity, especially with the the popularity of something like um, 
Spider-Verse um, being so successful. They obviously backed a truck of gold bullion and and oh, just delicacies <clears throat> from all around the world, coconuts, bananas, and dates to Hugh Jackman's house. And, and I'm, in, I'm, I'm excited. Logan's coming, man. He's coming. I am... I'm so amped. I'm so excited. And there's so I many can't... ways it could go too. It could be, is it a cameo? Like, is it, it's hey, you want to come back and play one time? But then again, it's like at the end of the first Deadpool film where they did the spoof of Ferris Bueller's Day Off and he's like, oh, Cable's going to be in the next one. No one knew that was true. Boom. The entire second film is Cable. You know, it's, 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 and, and hopefully he'll be in this too. Like if it's, if it's, you know, Weapon X and, 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 or the, the extreme X-Men version of, of, of the X-Men where it's, you know, X-Force, but Wolverine's in there and he's got the black suit and shit. Like that's what Deadpool's wearing. He's wearing that, um, the, 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 you know, Wolverine's crew of black ops guys. That's looks like what he's in, in, in costume. Um, yeah. Or it could be just a cameo. What do you reckon? I don't think it's a cameo because if it was a cameo, they wouldn't like announce it like this. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty big news. Yeah, and like it's like he's been trying to get him for a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For as long as the Deadpool films have been, you know, after that first one made all of the money, um, all of the money that there is that that movie made, uh, it was it was it was kind of a, a foregone conclusion. It was an inevitability of nothing else, but I don't think anyone really believed it. And, you know, then COVID came and everyone forgot about what could be and they were only focused on what is. And now, look where we are. That's why it was so easy to surprise us because of COVID. We weren't prepared. <laughs> I don't know why, dude. It's, it's the way you said because of COVID, they're like, just... <laughs> Well, why? Because it's so irrational and untrue. Yeah, that's that's no. usually where my sweet spot is. But yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that we're here because yes, Logan was an amazing end to that story. But like the one thing we all wanted, especially the mutant fans, the X Men fans, is like just have him in the MCU. Mm. And and that was his regret also that like at the time like Fox owned the X Men character, so they couldn't do that yeah so i'm i'm very very happy that 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 i'll be able to witness that and with him coming into the mcu he will also become the disney princess new... yeah. yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. i'll watch that film out of nowhere fuck man you know what they should do he's a song and dance man give homie a fucking musical number in this film I mean, oh my god! It's Deadpool, of course. All of a sudden, Wolverine like schnickly schnickly schnoying just starts taking out dudes with a berserker, and then you know pops claws covered in blood. Oklahoma just busts out into Oklahoma. Oklahoma with the wind comes, and it, but it's Hugh Jackman who can sing and doesn't look like <laughs> this. <laughs> And it's Deadpool playing the guitar in like the background. Yeah, but with, but with like a like a, a corn cob pipe and a hat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> ding 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 You know, some banjo action or something. Yeah, I mean, we're we're writing it for you already, pals. You know, come and check us out. But I will say this much: that year, 2024's Marvel Studios movie oh release my God. date is 
Captain America New World Order, so Cap 4, I guess, Thunderbolts, Deadpool 3, and then Fantastic Four at the end of the year. That's 400 bazillion million bagillion dollars. Jeff Bezos is going to have a fucking heart attack the amount of money these things make. <laughs> Sorry, you were drinking on me. He's going to be looking at it going, man, that's so many spaceships that look like dicks that I could make with that amount of money. That's DCU. No, what's no no he jeff bezos's <laughs> ship looks like a huge cock you should check it out like it, it looks like a big more of a rubber dildo than in in um man of steel i'm telling you it's 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 legit um so yeah welcome back to you you're you're a, you're a genuine talent you'll always be my wolverine and um unless they unless they cast taron edgerton come on um yeah just it's going to be so much fun, of course. Yes. I, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, that's pretty much it. There was a couple of other stories of who gives a fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into talking about normal people. Now, I think, critically, how did, the, how did you discover it? Oh, me? Yeah. Um, let's start at the beginning. Ah. Uh-huh. So I discovered it. Why did you think that I meant me? <laughs> because I said, "How did you discover it?" I don't talk in the third person. Hey, Riggs. Yeah. Yes, Riggs. How did you discover normal people? Well, Riggs, Addy told me. But then again, you know that because you're me. Sorry, just had a moment. And 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 then you say you don't talk to yourself in third person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I talk to myself, but that's a different thing altogether. Sorry. So how did you discover normal people? Was it the book first or was it the, the show? Oh, hell no. I, I don't read much books anyway. Okay. Oh, very, very slow reader. And so I I usually don't read books that like don't really interest me. Plus I've always like, I've always not been interested in romantic novels anyway. But you didn't, dis- didn't know what it was really. It was just. Yeah. yeah. So I discovered it like through just like scrolling on Instagram and like seeing uh clips of it like oh i should check this out looks looks good plus it had the the stamp of bbc on it so anything that bbc does is always really really good it's a good like really good quality anyway even if you don't don't like the source material or the the topic the subject matter or whatever it's always very very well produced absolutely and uh yeah and I, I fired up the first episode and I just fell in love with just both of them. Mm. But like I watched the first, the first time I watched it, I watched it in 12 days. I watched each episode each day, which if I you're watching this, in, huh? I did the same thing. Remember I told you I couldn't, I couldn't do yeah. one episode because I didn't want to, I didn't want to just burn through it. Yeah. Like. I watched the first episode and I was going to binge all of it hmm. because that's what I usually do. But I watched the first episode. I was like, nah, this, it, it needs more time okay. because I feel, I feel like there's something coming that will like have an impact somewhere. So like, I give it like time, which is, which is the way I recommend, like give it, give it time, give it like all the time that you can like have fucking a month between episode one and episode two. It's just let let's see if it sticks with you or not, and it did for me. And I was devastated on day two. 
I, yeah. I cried my eyes out. Even though, I mean, we're going to spoil it here, folks. The the, the weaving of the story, uh, Marianne Colin, uh, Colin, Connell's Connell. story, Marianne and, and uh, Connell are the lead characters, uh, played by Daisy Edgar-Jones and Paul Maskell, and they are in the same high school together, but they are in different, you know, friend groups, friend bases. And so they start a secret affair because she's kind of a bit of an oddball and people don't like her and he's a bit of a jock and doesn't really want people to know about it and... Through high school finishes, they kind of separate and then come back together in their college years and through gap years and, you know, start up a romantic relationship again. And, and, and you know, she goes through some interesting sexual transformations and he goes through terrible, terrible depression and they keep sort of weaving in and out of each other's lives into their early 20s. Um, and it's... I kind of forgot what my point was. <laughs> um, but... The, the the I think what Addy was saying about the um the first episode, uh and and then you know watching it all the way through to the twelfth episode, it's it's not an unhappy ending, but it's not the ending that you probably want. Even though you can write yeah. the ending later on, there's no sequel to this as far as I understand. There's no planned second series. It was a mini series. Um, it doesn't end horribly. No one dies. Um, it's not a massive breakup anything like that, he gets a really great opportunity as a young writer to go and work in America. And she says, you know, do that. And, and it ends it ends like that. Like, you're not ready for the ending. I w- it yeah. ended and I literally said out loud, alone in my house, completely alone now that the cat's gone, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? How can you end it like that? So I understand your feeling. But yeah, it's not a really sad, sad ending. It's just... it's not Oh, really- Absolutely. It's it's not it's the more you watch it, or the more that I watched it, I've come to realize that um, it's and like you said, it's it's very true to them as as characters and as people, mm. and it's it's beautiful in a way because everything like everything that happens in your life now always sticks around, and uh, it reminds me of your favorite line of vision where. Everything. I'll fuck it up again. So you you have to say. A thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. Exactly. And 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 that's also as you get older, you know. Trust me. uh, You sometimes discover that love isn't enough. You know, you can't you can't live symbiotically with another person. It doesn't work. You know, you can't you can't grow like that. You need to be an individual and understand yourself as an individual in order to be able to be in a relationship. As far as I am, like I feel anyway, it maybe in other relationships, it does work like that. Maybe you can be in each other's pockets and, you know, live intertwined lives and it all, it all is fine. But yeah, I just, I don't see uh, their relationship, you know, um, uh, 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 Connell's and Marianne's relationship is symbiotic, especially at the point where he's suffering terrible depression um, and she's going through these kind of this this sexual awakening and, and and you know there's some sexual violence stuff involved there as well like yeah. not not, um, uh, not, uh, not the R word which I hate saying out loud or anything like that but she is discovering parts of herself that she's not she wasn't aware were there and he's a little uncomfortable about it and they kind of they're finding it hard to work those things into their relationship even though the what you do do at that point is go okay we are two individuals and these are who these are who we are and we either need to accept them to be in a relationship or not there's not a lot of compromise like people think adaptation is compromised but it's not it's just learning how to be 
two different people living together. Does that make sense? I felt like I rambled just then. Yeah. You no, no. told me at the start of this, if I start to ramble, tell me to stop. You didn't fucking tell me to stop. I'm rambling. <sighs> no, it absolutely makes sense because I, I feel like the main cause of everything not working out, especially like every time they come together is they don't, they don't have a, they don't have communication, which is the most important thing in, in a relationship. Like by the end of the, by the end of the series, they're kind of comfortable telling all of it, all of it to each other. But when they start off, especially the time that you're talking about, they, it's hard for them to actually tell the other person that how much they mean to like, Colin can't say that, that he loves her, but he can tell her that I want you to stay. Yeah. But, they're not, but that's not the same as saying that he loves her because that's something that she wants to hear. She doesn't want to hear that I want you to stay. But the thing is, by the end of the show, she realizes what he means by when he says, I want you to stay, mm. which, which is the beautiful thing about, about the show. I think they do come to a place of, of um, you know, understanding each other. And it's really beautifully articulated by, you know, you were saying that uh, 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 Connell's character has trouble articulating his feelings in a way that um, uh, uh, Marianne can hear because their love languages are different. Um, and then at the very, the sort of last time you see them sleep together, they're sort of, they finished, they finished, <laughs> they have completed the task at hand and they're both lying there naked and they're both completely naked and completely vulnerable and completely open. And she, and he's lying on her and she, he, he asks her if she, if she enjoyed it and she, if she liked it, and she said, yeah, I really did. And she's sort of playing with his hair and it's this beautiful moment of, of openness and that we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen them like that together. Some of the sex stuff has been quite ferocious and, um, uh, 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 you know, quick and you've only seen snippets, but it's very real. But this is the, the, this is the calm afterwards, you know, and that's, that speaks a lot to, to where they are as individuals at that point in time. Absolutely. And yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of sex in the show. But it's, it's, I don't know what to say here. Um, it's not, it's not like it's, it's played as, as a gimmick. Like each, each time any one of them has an intercourse there, there's a, there's a meaning behind it that every time they go through, they it kind of means something to them. Mm. And it's, there's nothing it's very pedestrian. It's very the way that people have sex. Like you just, when you're in a relationship, you have sex. Um, when you're in your early, uh, your late teens, early twenties, you know, I'm talking about people in sexual relationships. I know there are asexual people and, you know, people who don't, aren't in relationships and stuff and have one night stands. There's all a myriad of different types, but I'm talking about just these specific people in this show. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not like, um, it's not a Paul Verhoeven film, you know. It's not Basic Instinct where everyone's lit and it's and 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 the boobies are slick and and there's lots of nasty close-ups and there's people giving it Ugh, that kind of stuff. Like none of that business. This is just you know the fumbly kind of awkward, intimate sex that you have with someone that you you have a, have a serious connection with. The way that these two characters do, and it speaks very honestly, and it also tells the story. It tells the story of their development as in the relationship and also the development as 
individuals. Like he has relationships and stuff, but you never see him in sexual situations outside of her. But you see her in sexual situations, some of which are, you know, can be a little bit confronting. Um, yeah. You know, there's definitely some some um, dom sub stuff going on. Uh, there's some uh, 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 sort of BDSM style stuff going on, and it's not it's not all being forced on her. Like she's she's finding herself in that, and it's yeah. I think it's it's very nothing is without character intent you know nothing it's never gratuitous absolutely and while we're at the topic i just i want to say like um the first time when marianne and connell have sex is like it's i think it's in the second episode mm-hmm. while they're still in high school yeah um i just love that like connell gives her the option and he asks her uh, does she want a condom or not? It's something that you don't really see a lot in films or TV, but it also shows that, you know, when you, when TV, especially TV, when they portray teenagers, it's, it's a very weird kind of thing. Like it's, it's not very, it's not very real. It's not very true. Like half of them are just like Gothic people that like goth or like really into goth and half of them are just the rich assholes. It's it's something that's it's it just shows how much uh, they as people can and will be uh, like maturing like at like at that point Connell is has had an experience before but Marianne hasn't so he respects that and he gives he gives her the the choice and it's. It's, I just found that very, like, very, um, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's, I just, it's, I, it's respectful in a way that you might not be expecting. Yeah, true. But that's then, exactly what I was looking for. It, it gets flipped as well because they've had sex at one point and she says to him, you know, they're lying there again, post-coital and says, uh, I, I remember watching you playing football or, or whatever it is that he was playing. And she's like, and I, I imagined watching you have sex with someone, not even me, just watching you have sex. And he's like, that's a bit weird. Like he's quite prudish. Um, and, and you know, later on uh, uh, when they're sort of later down the line, she's kind of discovered a, a, a sub like part to her sexual identity. She asks him to kind of hurt her. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hit you. That's not, that's not how I, that's not how I relate to you. Um, and, you know, and she's confronted by that because it makes her feel like there's something wrong, which of course there isn't, you know, if two consenting adults are in a relationship, you know, they need to talk these things through. Yeah, that's why people have safe words and all that stuff. It's just, these are, these are normal, normal ways to break down who we are as individuals. And, and it's only important in as much as because they're young. And the development of these sexual identities changes over time. And the, the thing that stays the same is their love for each other. So it doesn't matter what changes about them. They're still very much... They're, they're soulmates and it sucks. <laughs> I know. It, it sucks so hard. Because yeah. it goes all around to the ending where he says, you know, I, I couldn't feel... I won't be able to feel what I feel for you for anyone else. And she says, I know. And it's it's such a beautiful thing because when we start the show, like 
when you start the show, Marianne isn't, she's not, a lot of people don't like her. Yeah. And it's very, very unliked and made fun of and because um, she's a bit alternative and she's a bit weird. Yeah. And um, no one has ever like, no one has ever told her that, that, you know, you're beautiful, that no one's ever told that they love her. And it's, it's something that these two people individually and together have grown to appreciate about each other. Like, like she knows that he, at the end, uh, she knows that Connor won't be the same person he is today without her. And it's, it's not something that she takes pride in. It's just something that she loves about him. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see them go, but, but it's, it's, it's what's that it's, it's true to their story and it's, it's true to their characters too. To, to love each other even though they're not together. Yeah. And they also, you know, they, they, they separate them pretty quickly in friends group and they come from different socioeconomic backgrounds as well. Connell's mother, um, played by the wonderful Sarah Green, um, who's currently in uh, Bad Sisters, which is a great show on um, on uh, Apple, if you, if you get a chance to, to watch that. Um, she's uh, Marianne's house cleaner. And um, Marianne comes from a, a a family where her mother is is uh, uh, terribly meek and afraid of what everybody thinks and the perception that other people have of them them as a family. And then there's this horrible brother played fantastically by Frank Blake, um, just such a a, a disgusting, um, uh, misogynistic toxic uh person there's a it's a pretty creepy brother sister thing that he's well i mean on his side of it he's kind of he says stuff to her around you know her way she looks and her relationships and stuff that you as a brother don't say to a sister it's just yeah it's really really grubby and um and he ends up being a fucking coward that's probably one of my favorite scenes where She's come home. They've gotten into an argument. At this point, yeah. um, Connell is is suffering from full blown depression. A friend of his, um, uh, 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 um, sadly, commits suicide, and it triggers, you know, a depressive episode. And he is diagnosed with that. Um, and word gets around, and Alan uh, says to Marianne, "I don't want you hanging out with him anymore. He's a nutcase." Blah blah blah. They get into a bit of an altercation through kind of his, uh, Alan's fault you know, but just them kind of running around trying to avoid each other in this house. Marianne, you know, gets a, gets knocked around and, and gets a blood nose and she goes to Connell and um, sort of says, you know, this is, this is what happened. And he's at the house and uh, uh, he says, did, did, did he do this? And uh, she says, yes. And he goes, go and wait in the car. And Connell storms in there, grabs Alan by the throat and throws him up against the wall and says, if you ever lay your hands on her again, I will fucking kill you. And you believe it. He's never been aggressive like that before. Even in the episode where he was, they were in Europe and they were staying in the place and, and, and Marianne was dating Jamie and he got real weird with her and they had an argument in the kitchen because he was really drunk. He never got physical. He just removed Marianne from that ugly situation and and they were they were okay, but this is the first time he's gotten physical, and you believe it. He's he's like absolutely, I will choke you the fuck out. And I was just like, oh yes, someone put this Alan prick in his place. I hate people like that. 
So, and he's not even a stereotype. It's just a really well-drawn character. After he shoves Arnold and says, oh, you lay a hand on her again and I'll fucking kill you. And he, he goes out and he goes and sits in the car. And that's the first time he actually right out comes and says uh, to Marianne that I love you. It's something, and just before that, they had like got into like a weird thing where like it was it was like the previous scene was them having sex and Marianne telling uh, telling Connor that if if he would hit her, yeah, and and he pulls out and he says like I just I couldn't that's that's not me and then she runs runs off and he's he's thinking about that and there's a there's a moment where he's just sitting on the bed and he's crying because he's not able to fully tell her how he feels about her and it's and he blames him he blames all of it on himself it's it's a progression of character when he just when he at the end of the episode finally says that, that i love you and that nobody will ever hurt you again and it's also the first time that um in that episode it's the first time that we see normal people as a title like in in a scene and not like a black screen with white with yeah, white letters that i mean well let's let's talk about the uh, let's talk about as as a production for a second um, it is it is one of the most beautifully photographed. I mean, the, the the writing is is incredible. It's so realistic. It sounds the way people talk to each other. It has the element of melodrama. You know, people are articulating in a way that they don't normally. Fights don't happen the way they normally do. You know, you never think about the really cool thing to say in a fight until after it's happened in real life. But just in terms of the way that it looks, the palette, it's very soft. Um, it's it's um, it's quite matte. As a, as, a, as a finish it's not glossy at all they use really long lenses so really tight framing and really shallow focus particularly on marianne and connell not on anyone else you know there's some there's some close wide lens use on them that is is just spectacular and it's so much so that i had a conversation with a friend of mine adrian who's an actress the other day i'm not sure if i mentioned this on another episode maybe i didn't um and and we're, we're working on a on a a tv show together i mentioned it last week and she's been a real confidant as far as it goes she's read the different versions of the scripts and everything and and i i got real gun shy after seeing this show because it's so fucking good it's so amazing and my abilities as a cinematographer i couldn't even begin to match up to to the kind of stuff here and it, and it made me be like it was like when when uh steven spielberg was interviewed and he was talking about the first time he saw lawrence of arabia and he was like well what the fuck am i doing how can i possibly <laughs> Be Steven Spielberg, you know, when David Lean's out here making these masterpieces. That's how I feel about this show. It is so beautiful. It's It's got a really unusual, um, like, cinematic style. Its compositions are quite off a lot of the time, and that's indicative of people's mental states. Like, it, it speaks so loudly in image in a way that you don't then need to rely on the dialogue to. A lot of stuff that gets the message across is tight, you know, close-ups or solo, you know, singles of um, uh, Connell and Marianne. When are they, when is it an over-over two shot of them? Like, when is it over their shoulders? It fucking never is. They're almost never in the frame comfortably together unless it's a wide. Um, yeah, there's just, there's so much being said in the way the camera is moved and the way the camera is sometimes when it is still, um, you know, it's not kind of, it's not just getting the story done. It's, it is being really deliberate and careful about what it's telling you in every single frame. And like I said to you when I first started watching it, you can still store any of those frames and put it on your wall and it's a poster. Like they're just... Yeah. 
I can't I can't speak more highly. It's changed the way that I want to make films. I'm sh- I am now shooting differently because of this show. I had a shoot, you know, two weeks after I finished it. it was my first shoot back from my break. And I noticed my framing was different. I noticed the way that I was lighting was different. The way I'm capturing is different. I'm, I'm focusing on key lighting. I'm focused on motivated lighting. I'm focused on keeping things nice and flat and not so, not so blown out and not so contrasty. Like have it look like the way that, you know, it feels the way that you want something to feel. So yeah, it's 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 such a beautiful, uh, beautiful piece of work in that respect. Sorry, I rambled. Yeah. Fuck no, man. Uh, that's something that I struggle with because I don't really know a lot of technical stuff there. So I'm I'm glad that you 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 take over that uh, department. Well, you're welcome. That's 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 25 years of, of of me running around with the cameras and stuff. I wish I'd seen normal people when I was in high school. <laughs> I swear to you. I know I was. When did it come out? 2019, 2020. 2020. Yeah. So. The year that I want, I decided I wanted to be a filmmaker was 2000. So <laughs> 20 years, 20 years early, but yeah, fuck, I would have loved to have been inspired by this at that age. It would have, you know, but then again, I probably wouldn't have taken it on because I was young and stupid, 17 year old kid who thought filmmaking looks like fun. Yeah. We'll get prepared to carry shit everywhere for the rest of your life and be broke half the time and work on stuff that never gets anywhere and it's just oh my goodness why why don't you just learn the flute um just because it's more compact you know who's going to carry a flute around but anyway <laughs> i digress i'll just talk about the the title for a bit because well i'm not talking about like the book title i'm talking about like when the title screen shows up yeah same same in an episode <laughs> I think the reason why the last two episodes, episode 11 and 12, have normal people out there in like the open is because it's, it's I think, the first time, well, it's because Marianne and Connor are like at home in Sligo, which is an island which I really want to visit after the show. Like, I just want to like run away to Ireland now. It's a real place. It's not like Gotham or something. No, it's, it's a real place. It's a real city. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never been to Ireland. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the reason why they did that with the title is that it's, I guess, for the first time, Marianne and Connor are together and like taking on the world together, supporting each other together openly and accepting each other. Sure. And so, so the title reflects that. And yeah. Yeah, no, I t- totally get that. And, but also, like the title of the show, Normal People, I think it's, sort of saying that the, all of these relationships, all of these people, you know, whether they're just side characters, ancillary parents, or your main characters, they're all going through stuff that everybody goes through. And let's not mince words about it. Halfway through this series, Connell has a fucking mental breakdown. And yes. he, he then, from that point on, something has been triggered in him and he suffers manic depression from that point on. There is an absolutely heart-wrenching scene where he describes what, it, what it's like to, 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 to feel that way, where you can't, where you can't articulate what's wrong, where you can't say, I know why I'm crying or I know why I can't sleep. I just, there is something, you know, I'm exhausted, but I also have all this energy. Like it's, these aren't exact words that he's saying, but this is what he's, you know, the point he's getting across. And he says, you know, he's on Skype with, with 
Marianne and he says he's really tired and she says, do you want, do you want to just go to bed and just leave Skype open? You go to sleep with me. And he, she, she stays there and she's just studying and he falls asleep with Skype open and then he wakes up in the morning and she's there. Like that is, oh man, like that'll, that'll tear me up every time because it's so beautiful and it's so true. Like, have you ever had a friend who cared about you that much? Just the honesty and the reality and the truth of this thing. And truth is, it is in short supply in 2022, my friends. There's a lot of perce- perception, but um, but yeah, but that's a, a real, that's a real thing. And I think that's what it means by normal people. This is something we all go through um, in different ways, in different facets. And if you were to dig deep enough into someone's life, you would find this stuff and it's, everyone has a story um whether you can whether you're looking for it as an empathic person or not it's there and that's that's what normal people means it does something with colin's character that i don't think a lot of i don't think it's been done before where it it actually normalizes mental health and and just mental distress Mm. or just uh, depression in general like a lot of people have preconceived notions about what depression is. And I think it's the more what Connell goes through in those episodes. It's very real and it's, it's shown in a way that's that you don't get a certain answer. Like this is what Connell's feeling. This is what he's, that he's going through. And it's not the same for everyone. Mm. And it, it, it can never be the same for everyone because everyone's different. They, they both, I mean, everybody in it is, is, top of the game you know these are some of the best actors on the planet daisy edgar jones and um paul mescal hashtag dick grayson and babs or dick and babs you know <laughs> robin and batgirl nightwing and, and and batwoman whatever just make it happen it, it would be perfect um and and if you don't believe me read the latest issue of fucking nightwing read the last three pages of that book and tell me i do i, I now hear them both in Ireland with irish accents which i haven't done yet so I would like a round of applause from the from the crowd, please. But um, oh, thank you, buddy. Both two of the most naturalistic actors I've ever met. Paul Maskell plays sweet and uncomfortable, like like you don't believe. Like he is. I, I've known guys like him, guys who are handsome, who are talented, who are kind of jocks as well, generally liked by everyone, but are so insecure, but then articulate you know, things so well, very, very poignantly, especially when she says things about herself, which are negative. And he comes back with, hang on, that's not true at all. Like, yeah, it's such a, such a perfectly rounded character. And she, that wide eyedness, she's very youthful at the beginning and she becomes, she becomes bashed around a little bit so much so that in fact, when you told me that it did, like you prepared me, you were like, it deals with mental illness in a very real way. So just prepare yourself to be, you know, I don't like the word triggered because that's not, that's a that's an internet thing, but you know it might bring up some feelings for you. I just automatically assumed for whatever reason, maybe it's you know maybe in, maybe it's misogynistic. Even I don't know. I just assumed it was Marianne who had the problem because she she presents as the one who's going to be less likely to be okay with themselves. But in the end, she's the one who is becomes fully formed much sooner than he does, and it's that middle middle part of the season or the middle part of the show, um, the run of the show. Where I was like, oh shit, okay, this is, this is not, that was another thing. I, it was so surprising. I, I never knew where it was going to go. Yeah, I just, 
as actors, as young actors, I think there's there's no one better. Like they're they're, they're top of the heap. Um, you know, this is the generation of of actors who are going to take over from you know the guys who are turning in their in their forties and fifties now, who were were you know these kind of actors when I was in high school. Your you, you Leonardo DiCaprio's and your Kate Winslet's. Um, you know, these two actors um, given the opportunity. Daisy Edgar Jones has already blown up like yeah. crazy. Um, Where the Crawdads Sing is, is one of the best films I've seen this year. She is spectacular in it, um, you know, and, and Under the Banner of Heaven. Just, yeah, really, really competent, um, powerful actor, actress. She's also in another uh, film called Fresh, which has her and Sebastian Stan. Um, soldier. Yes. Watch. I'm not going to say anything about it because the the little you know about that film, the more amazing it gets. So I won't be able to watch it. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is like I kind of know that it's about cannibalism, and I fucking hate cannibalism. Like it's just. It's I mean, not. It's not that it's anyone not. likes cannibalism, but is it not? It's not. Lies and subterfuge. What are you drinking there? You got some lemon iced tea? You got lemon iced tea and your lies to yes. me? Your lies in your mouth? <laughs> See this? I'm, I'm drinking the fizzy water of truth. Um, Yeah, I just, I mean, like I said, no one liked cannibalism. Except cannibals, I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just can't dig on that. But I mean, you know, I'll watch it for her. And Sebastian Stan, he's fantastic. I, I really like oh, him. Oh, yeah. Such a wonderful show end to end. I, I can't recommend enough. Anybody who's asked me in the last two months, I oh, want something that's really good. I need something to watch, whatever. It's the first thing I say. I remember being awkward and, and you know, not having a sense of self, but not being able to actualize and being so self-deprecating and so self-analyzing. Like he wants to be a writer really deeply and it's clearly in him, but he doesn't think he's good enough. Like he never, and that's, that's a, that's a huge symptom of depression is, is no faith in yourself. Absolutely. And it's, it's such a shift from when we first see them because it's, it's Marianne who's, who, who feels like she's not good enough. And it's, it's Connor who's the more confident one. And when we switch in episode four, when we go to, when they go to Trinity college and it's, a switch where she's the confident one and he's he's out of his comfort zone and he doesn't know how to express himself he doesn't know how to make friends and he's just he's kind of waiting for everything to happen and he's he's contemplating even to go back and just uh, work at a, a supermarket because he's he's not sure of himself he's he's he doesn't feel like he belongs there. In high school, you're kind of all thrust together and you have to do all the same subjects and shit, but you don't identify spec like specifically very much. Like you might have interests or whatever. Like I was, I was the rarity at that point in time. Like when I decided that I wanted to be a filmmaker when I was 17, it was halfway through my, my final, my senior year of high school. Not always that common. Like some people might go through all sorts of different shifts. And then by the time you get to university, you know, if you have chosen something or at least you're leaning towards something, you find your tribe, you find a, a, a group of people, your ilk, uh, who will, you know, bring that out in you because they're all doing the same thing. But it's, it's, it's you know, and, and, and with, with Connell in high school, he had the safety net of those, of those friends who didn't ask anything of him. And then he gets to university and there's all these people asking him to, to, to 
articulate how he feels and contribute and he can't because he's not used to that environment yet and Marianne is able to get away from all of that stagnation you know and the people who just look at her and 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 label her and perceive her to be a certain thing and then she gets into an environment where that is that is how you excel by being not what people expect and not being quote-unquote normal um uh, uh, and that's where she thrives so yeah it is an interesting shift and it's, that's again that is reality that is how people deal with growing up and becoming adults and or their version of adults especially when you get into universities yeah don't ever read just, this don't ever fucking read. yeah actually um disney plus here we've got uh, we've got the fuck off. yeah fuck off disney plus you don't have any normal people you can only do people with fucking arms that are robot and stuff big green lawyers yeah, Big Green Lawyers is a better name for that show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what's She Hulk about? The Big Green Lawyer? What? <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? I don't know. <laughs> Two versions. My voice cracked when I said "fuck off" for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. So you've been reading the book, um, and 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 uh, how do, how do you like? Have you read the whole thing? You're just doing parts. What's going on? Uh, so I started like on Monday. Uh, so I read the first, I read the first two chapters, and I read the last chapter. Okay. Does it feel, you know, do, I mean, obviously you're going in with with this stuff already attached, with voices already in your head. But does it feel, you know, the prose speaking to you the same way that the show does? Um. So here's, here's the fucked up thing I did. I opened the book and I started with the last page. Dude! Because <laughs> I, I, like the, the last line of the show is something that is so near and dear to my heart that I, that I want to get a tattoo of it. But so I, I, I just wanted to see that if, if the book ends that way. Oh, yeah, right. I knew the... The very end page first. What are you, Michael fucking Kane? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Do you know how he does? It? He does that with like he gets a gets his script. Well, what I, what I do when I get a script, I, I I read the first page and then I read the last page. And if I'm on both pages, I do the movie. That's my Michael Kane. It's basically a British person with a block nose. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that. Still haven't done Irish though, so. Yeah. Yeah. Might at the end. Um, okay. So, but as, as far as the book is concerned, do you feel, you said you weren't much of a reader. Do you feel like what you have read, you kind of, is it is it opening anything else up? Like is enriching it for you somehow, the story? Um, the interesting thing is, and I've, I've read, I've read books, like I've, I've read The Hobbit. I've read parts of the Lord of the Rings. Not that that counts. I've read like literature books in school because you know you have to. teachers make you do that. Something really interesting about this is that Sally Rooney like writes writes these two as like two individual people, right? Um, and there's no story without them, but it's also like she voices herself about what's happening in the story. There's something that I read that I, that like it, it enhances a bit more of Connell's character. I feel like which is um, we have the scene in like episode two when she's eating the yogurt and like she spills the yogurt on the on on her shirt, Marianne, and she goes in the toilet and she washes the, washes the shirt and then dries it. That um, 
in the book, it's still there, but he's standing like in front of in front of her house and like he's thinking that you know people make such a fuss about her washing her clothes or like just washing that part of her shirt in the in the washroom and and he thinks that why would people ever do that like i wouldn't do that and he's and he's standing there thinking and what's happening is that he's standing there thinking about that and then marianne walks on like a towel because she's just got a bath and uh and this is happening and, she, and she's like oh I, i'm sorry i didn't know you i didn't know you were at home I think that and, uh, in, in the show is that like the, there's another person in the bathroom with her and she's topless. She's just standing there in a bra and that young, the other young girl thinks it's really weird for some reason. And that's what you're saying. Yeah. Connell's like, why would anybody give a shit? Uh, what he's thinking is that why would anyone make a fuss about seeing her like doing that? That's that's something that enhances him. Like he's, he's still, he's still like very insecure and very, he's very shut off from his feelings. He thinks a lot of things and he... He, he just doesn't say it yeah. because he's he's not being able to uh, express himself. For someone who has the 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 inability to articulate his his thoughts and feelings, they are still very strong in his head. You know, he has he has very very clear morals and a very clear line of right and wrong, and 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 he does display that in the more extreme circumstances. But yeah, he is he has trouble getting it out. Um, you know, which who who can't relate to that? What I wanted to ask was: yeah. is, is the book is it written in in is it a narrator from nowhere in particular, or is it from the perspective of the of the kids? Like, are they telling the story? Is it is it his narrative or her narrative, or is it just a narrator saying he said and she said? Uh, yeah, it's he said and she said. Right. But it also, like, it's it's very weird for me because, like, now that I watch the show, right, I hear them like talking. Course, and it's 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 weird, but I love it. It's one of the hardest things about you know reading a a, a book that has you have an attachment like in in your head to from another source. You can't you can't disconnect from that sometimes, and that's okay. As as far as uh, uh you know you haven't haven't really gotten that far into it. You were talking about the ending of the book and that it, it is parallel to um uh, uh, the ending of the show. You know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Let's let's get into that just real quickly. For a really hard thing to do, and we've talked about this before, a really hard thing to do is end your series well. Um, whether you get 10 seasons or one. Endings are the hardest thing. A lot of writers start with an ending in mind and work towards it because it's easier to do that. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. Not that it's something you should be guilty for, but, um, you know, it is, a, it is a very legitimate narrative device. I think it's perfect. Like I don't, I don't have a problem. It is it's it's bittersweet and yet there's hopefulness and you feel like maybe some somehow these crazy kids are gonna work it out, you know? They're gonna come back together in their thirties and, and they'll both be fully formed and they'll they'll make it work. But we don't get that. All we get is is the goodbye. Um I love that. I love a complex ending. I, I wanna be challenged. I don't want everything tied up in a neat little bow. Um, you know, we were talking about, uh, I was talking about things we were, I, I've been watching. Well, what are we watching before and saying that, uh, I watched warrior last night with my sister-in-law, Alex. And she, um, she said, I wanted more like the film just ends. The film just ends with, with, with Joel Edgerton and, and Tom Hardy's character having the fight in the cage and, and it, the fight ends and they kind of reconcile in the cage, you know, through, through the glory of violence, um, you know, 
the, the quotation marks glory of violence um but the purging of masculine energy and, and they break down and, and and love each other again as brothers back together and they just have this shot where it's beautiful they walk towards camera holding each other and and that's it that's the end of the film and alex said i would love to see the next part like what happens do they the, the prize money they win what do they do do they split it blah, blah blah and i'm like i like to think that they you know they opened a gym together with the money you know, to train people to do in MMA, and they brought their dad in. Their, their, you know, um, their, their, their uh, absentee father, Nick Nolte, the, the ex-alcoholic. They brought him in, and they did it all together, and they helped out this person, and blah 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 blah. And you can make all that up because you have the opportunity to do that because they've left it open-ended. And I, I fucking dig that about, you know, any narrative, in particular something like Warrior, and in particular something like this. Like there is a whole story about. Um, uh, uh, Connell and Marianne that I have in my head, and it's and it's glorious. Do you? How do you feel about it? Does it? Is it? Is it more frustrating for you? I, I don't know. It's. I'm really glad to see that you do have an ending for them in your head, where uh, you know she says that uh, you'll go, and I'll stay, and I'll always be here for you. And it has empty pages before like the promotion for like the next novel and all that shit. Yeah, sure. it, it has empty pages, so it kind of hints that it's an open ending. But I don't know. There's something just beautiful, beautiful about it. Just leaving, it, just leaving it there for me. This came out in April 2020. It was yeah. the height of pandemic, and yeah. it really worked in the favor for the show because I don't think anyone would have watched it if there wasn't a pandemic and people weren't locked in their houses. It probably wouldn't have got any traction. There's no stars in it. It's from, you know, it's not from like a, a foreign speaking country, but it's not, you know, direct from, uh, you know, BBC, you think stuff made in the UK, even though this was, I know um, Daisy Ridley-Jones is, is, is British, but yeah, it probably wouldn't have got as many eyes on it maybe. And I think there's also kind of like a purging in it. It's it's okay to be depressed, <laughs> you know, while you're watching. Yeah. It. And it was a time when everybody realized, hey, it's okay to feel like shit because everybody's feeling it and this is the weirdest thing that's happened in our lifetime you know some of us anyway um so i think that there was it kind of a lot of things had to had to fall into place for it to get the notice it did i'm pissed off that i didn't notice it because i would have loved to have watched this at that time yeah well i didn't watch it either like i watched it in 2021 last year mm. <clears throat> last year and uh i was going through some of the things that Connor goes through in, the, uh, in that show it really helped it's it's something that i don't really recommend but yeah, it's it's a bond that you have with those characters and 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 that show specifically. Where and like like you said, it's it's okay to be depressed. It's it's kind of the whole thing where it's it's okay. It's it's normal to be this way. It's normal to feel this way. And at the end, I feel like I really don't want to imagine like anything that happens after that point. I don't know why. I probably should. I I just I just love it because it's it's true to them and it's true to what they represent it's it kind of speaks in all languages you can take this story and put it into any cultural situation any language any background any you know put it frame it in in some sort of religious context anything the story still works like it is still a story about people and that's it it doesn't matter that it was it's set in ireland and then it's about these two you know young white people it could be anybody they're not people who haven't made mistakes like Connor makes a lot of mistakes Mm. and it's it's something that that weighs on him and he he understands that yes there are things that he did wrong by keeping everything that happened between her and him a secret 
but also like he understands that nobody really cared and everyone kind of knew and anyway when you when you have a relationship like that with someone or when you have any kind of relationship a lot of things in life don't last and this didn't either the silver lining is that they're happy for each other the show kind of does it really well and Marianne just in like in tears they're both holding hands and Marianne says we'll go I'll stay and we'll be okay I was like, that's not how you end it, right? That's not how you end it. I was just, I was in disbelief. It's beautiful because the best relationships are when people are happy for each other. For the first time they're in a relationship, things don't work out. Both of them, like, especially Connor, he's done bad. When he, when he meets her again in, in university, you know, they have a conversation and he says, I really missed you. And that's not because of, that's not because of the sex that they had. It's because of the emotional connection that they that Connor had with her because he wasn't able to be that person someone else. It's an amazing coming of age story as well. And it's oh, is always, so yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I haven't thought of it in that context before, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And we've, we follow them and we see them fall in and out of love with each other. And it's, it's, <laughs> I always find it funny. Like the first few times I watched it, like that scene where he's drunk and you know, when they get the scholarships and everything and he's drunk and he comes to her party and, and, uh, you know, all beaten up and shit and, uh, he got mugged. Yeah. And he, and he says, I'm a pupils diluted. And she says that your pupils are diluted. And, and he says, they always are when I'm with you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that he's always wanted to say, but he, he's not been able to say it because there's so much going on with him inside of him. And, and at the end, they're truly honest with each other that, that he, he, like, she knows that he wants to go and he doesn't know how to tell her. So she starts the conversation by saying that I've been thinking about New York. And then he says, I have to, and it's, it's beautiful, man. It's, it's like when that, when that ending happens, it's, you sit there and you realize everything that happened while it was crazy and loving and like heartfelt and heartbreaking it's also very normal people go through all of it every single day yeah and it's it's kind of wholesome in that way i guess if you've ever been in love if you've ever had unrequited love if you've never been able to articulate to someone how you feel about them in in a loving relationship or even just a friendship you know i'm i, I have friends you know probably mostly guys but who, you know, you can't tell them you love them. Like it just doesn't, that's not how they, that's not how they communicate. And then you hit them with that. And sometimes it, it takes a second for them to, cause I'm, I'm, I'm very much like that. You know, you just tell the people you love, you love them while you can. This, you know, this, this, this shit is short and it's, and, and, and you only get the time that, that, that you're allotted and you'd never know when it's up either. So you didn't ask to come to this motherfucker and you sure as shit can't choose when to leave. So just keep some sunshine on your face, you know? Um, and that's, that, that I think that anybody who's ever felt that way, you know, about someone else and not being able to get that across, we'll, we'll find something here. Like there's, there's a lot of uh, emotional, emotional ground to be mined and you will discover things about yourself because you find yourself siding with different people at different times. Like, you know, you, you want Connell and Marianne to be together in high school, but you also like after a little while, you're like, you know what? Connell's mum's right. He's a fucking dick for keeping it a secret. And then he he suffers the pain of that the entire series until that last scene um, where they both recognise that without each other they wouldn't be who they are and who they are at that point is now who they 
they've always like the best version of themselves. And that's what being in a relationship is, whether it's a physical relationship or a sexual relationship, or if you're soulmates or platonic soulmates, or if you're just really good friends like me and you, Addy, being in a relationship with a person should bring out the best in you. You know, you should be the best version of yourself because of that relationship. Um, and that's, it speaks so much to this, even though they're not going to end up together as, as far as the, the show ends, they are better for having known each other. That's a beautiful sentiment. Building important friendships. And, and as, as you get older, you'll notice that they kind of drop off a little bit. You know, you, your friends, your friends group gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The precious few uh, who you have left are the ride or die motherfuckers. Like they're the people who critically important. And it, and it says a lot about this show, particularly how Marianne comes from not the best family life. And she finds something in Connell and in Connell's mum as well. Like, you know, some solace that, hey, I, I can decide who I want to be around and, and, and what their, their opinion matters more than anybody else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. It is. And I will say this has been a much more serious episode than normal. It's been a bit more somber. There hasn't been any voices or giant penis jokes. And you know what? That's okay. Come back next week and I guarantee we'll have some more of them. Um, but for right now, absolutely 100% uh, check out Normal People if you haven't seen it. Uh, I'm not sure where you saw it, Addy, on, on, if it's on a streaming service or... Uh, it's on Hulu. It's a BBC X Hulu uh, collaboration. Right, okay. So Hulu is a, is a um, streaming service that isn't available in, in uh, my country. Um, in Australia, as far as I understand, uh, it does partner in some, after a fashion, with, with Disney Plus, in, like sometimes for things like Dope Sick and whatever. But if you're in Australia and you want to watch normal people, it's on Stan, the streaming service Stan. Did you want to do, have you got any questions? We've got questions. We've got questions. Wonderful. I can't wait. Sorry, you went in all in, like, I spoke for a lot of time. No, it's great. I think we both kind of were a little bit, um, it was different t this time. Like, we were both kind of, and fuck it, I'll leave this in. We were both kind of taken over by the power of this show. And we were, like, this is the first chance we've actually been able to kind of uh, uh, decompress and, 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 and debrief about it together. And, and, it's, and it had such a huge impact on me. And I was kind of, we weren't doing shows during when I was watching it. Um, so, yeah, I think we just both kind of verbally diarrheaed everywhere. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I hope you enjoyed it, everybody. But um, but right now, it's time for some questions. Right. Question one is, uh, do you think there needs to be a second book or series? You go first. Yeah, if I can, if I can do it. Uh, no, never. I wouldn't touch it. This would be like remaking Jaws. No, I don't think so. I mean, I would love to see these characters again. I would love to see these actors play these characters again. But instead, just make a fucking Nightwing movie. <laughs> yes. Call it Nightwing and Batgirl. No, uh, I just... It, it is It is such a beautiful, complete thing. I love a miniseries. I think they're great. Some of the best TV that I've seen in the last couple of years has been a miniseries. Um, Mayor of Easttown. Um, we own this city. I think it's good. It's contained. And you can go back and find new things all the time and just and, and re-enjoy it. And knowing what's coming as well feels... And then introducing it to other people. And yeah, it's not this mass-produced, let's do 12 seasons of The Walking Dead kind of feel. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it's not 12. It's like 25 or something. 
I don't know how many seasons. Does anybody else know how many seasons The Walking Dead is? I could probably look it up just as easy as anything else, but fucking, it seems like a lot. I remember back in the day, John Bernthal, you can't protect her, Rick. Like that kind of, those first two or three seasons. And then they got to the governor. I'm like, what the fuck is anybody doing ever? Like it's, this is weird. Anyway. You say say Walking Dead and Westworld, like the fans are like, "It's, it's an amazing show. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it's something's outstay their welcome sooner than others, definitely. Uh, so, what do you think? Yeah. Um, no. No. Absolutely not. And I'm, it's kind of weird because I have the same perspective as uh, as the actors. Like they like that's the end of, and the the weird thing is that like that's that scene at the end is the last scene they shot with each other, or like the last scene of the whole mm-hmm. production. Fucking break my little stupid heart. Oh. Okay, what's question number the two? Uh, question two is uh, oh, start questions. Yay! Because we're finally doing it. We're finally talking about normal oh, people. Okay, so, yeah. you, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our good friend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have, does it say who wrote that in? Yeah, but I'm not going to say. You're not going to say who it is? Okay, well, you know who you are. Yeah. yeah. Question three is, uh, would you recommend normal people as therapy for those who can't afford therapy? <laughs> sure. The thing is, the thing is, the, the, the person who sent it in knows that how many times I've watched it and how many times I use it for therapy. <laughs> well, the, 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 the proof is in that delicious pudding. It is absolutely... Uh, it's great therapy. It's weird because not because not a lot of things, not a lot of media shows real people. No, it's just real and they're people. also like I mean, Paul Mescal and Daisy Edgar Jones are beautiful people. They're they're, they're stunning looking, but they're not Hollywood good looking. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're not airbrushed. Uh, they just look like normal kids, and um, you know I think that's yeah. They just it just it, there, there is a reality that you can't buy outside of these performances. Oh, we need them as bad girl and fucking nightwing man. Dick Grayson! Fucking Dick Grayson! I nearly did Irish then by accident. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I said I wouldn't. I said I might, but I said I wouldn't. And then I might. Dick Grayson! (laughs) That sounds like the crazy guy in um, in, Waterworld. What are you talking about, Grayson? Like, if if you've seen Waterworld, you know I'm talking about that guy. Oh, you can't get enough like that guy. That's kind of Irish. That's all I'm going to do. That's enough. No leprechaun nonsense. Is there a question number the four? Yep. Uh, is there any way you resonate with the protagonist? Yes. Absolutely, yeah. How can you not? Uh, even if you don't have the same problems or the same mental illness or the same family background or the same insecurities, that, you know. That's why it's called normal people. It's just about everything. Yeah. Just about all of it's, it. It's hard not to relate with them. Yeah, isn't it? With uh, Connor a lot. Not the book version. The book version still seems like the first two chapters that I've read, he still seems like a fucking dickhead. <laughs> we'll give it a minute. <laughs> Would you give it a minute? <laughs> but yeah. It's a book. you got to give it a minute. <laughs> That's me turning pages. Like that sounds like I'm a beaten off, actually. But... Yeah, my mind went somewhere else. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you can't do that in a podcast because that's that's horrible i'm just whacking my my deadpool hoodie and it's got the that's the imprint of deadpool anyway question the fifth is there a question no that's it that's it Uh, those are the questions it's finish and uh and 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 we love it and it's so good to be here talking about normal people such a great show do go and check it out and uh do come back next week's as well and also while you're there can you please comment like subscribe all that wonderful stuff rate and review in spotify and amazon music it does help the profile of the show get all the other normal people in to talk about some fun shit um i'm kind of going a little bit silly at the end here because it was a very serious episode but it was great to to chat about it properly and 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 really get into it and yeah thank you so much for introducing it to me it has enriched my 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 life in in a lot of ways and and particularly my my storytelling life so yeah you're a gem i treasure you i love you and you know you you said that about like people and you know especially like boys like i've kind of found people who i can like say that and tell them not to fucking be weird about it like just just let it be yeah so yeah just tell the people that you love them you got to do it man even if it's hard so thanks very much for for checking us out and we'll see you next do you know what we're doing next week we're gonna Uh, do do irregular people it's a different show um (laughs) (laughs) unusual folk no we don't know what we're gonna do next week We'll, we'll we'll wait and see and um, in the meantime, stay amazing and stay safe.